0: Up and down, but I didn't want <laughs> rocks thrown at me. Oh, during these last few weeks, uh, I've been thinking about Easter. I'd already written my message many months ago, and it hit me that Jesus is someone's son. Think about that. And so what I did is I rearranged my message before I gave it to Jeremy for all all those upstairs with the notes and everything. I was thinking of the father and the son. The father gave his son. I know on earth because of sin, maybe some of us When we think of fathers, it brings heartache because of sin in people's lives. That maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your father, or maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your son. But Father God and the Son, Jesus, had a good relationship. There's no sin in heaven. So as we think about that, I want us to read from Matthew 3, verse 17. And this is a statement that was made regarding Jesus from the Father. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So the father was pleased with his son. Pastor, why are you talking about this? Because I I believe there's a deception in our world and even in religious circles of the characteristics of the father and of the son. And I wanna show you through the actions of the death, burial, and resurrection of a true love of a father and son relationship and an honor that the son gave the father, which when you read Scripture and really read it closely, you'll find that honor produces blessings. So let's talk about Jesus being a son and the father giving his son. And I'm going to give you three points today, as I a lot of times do. And the first is, He was given. In Isaiah 9 6, a prophetic word was given. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. But let me remind you before we continue that Jesus was all God and he was all man. He wasn't humanly divine, he was divinely made human. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So many times when we see or speak of Jesus, his servant nature, and talk about his teaching, and especially the teaching that Jesus gives of turning the other cheek, That's a whole message there. But we think like this, and many do. The son is the kind one, and the father is the mean one. It's depicted in Hollywood all the time. The father is the idiot, the dumb one, the mean one, and the son tries to make it. That's not who the father is and that's not who the son is. So let me remind you, the father gave his son and don't forget they had this father and son relationship. This relationship was eternity past. We don't know how far back. Eternity past. And I will just say to you doctrinally that there never was a beginning of God, he always was. So forever past, there's always been a father relationship, father-son relationship. I wonder, this is where I went, okay, so just stick with me. I wonder if they ever played catch. You ever think of stuff like that? Because there's a tendency in religious circles, even in church, to put God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in in this category of being untouchable, of being something that you you, you can't reach them, really. I mean, yeah, the Bible talks about fellowship and relationship, but you really can't have that because there's something different. And, and by the way, the father is mean, and don't mess with him, because he'll mess with you. I'd actually, because I was a pitcher, I'd like to see the father's fastball. So imagine with me, as I think this way, did you know that they say, scientists tell us that a falling star sometimes started millions of years ago, and then we finally see it? <laughs> maybe the sun grabbed a star and said, Father, catch. <laughs> I'm just just thinking. We might be standing, matter of fact, on Jesus the Sun science project. Many of you have children, many of you are teachers, and there are science projects, and maybe We're standing on it right now. All I know is we have Father God and Jesus is his son. So here's the question. How much love would it take for a father to give his child for someone else? How about for someone who doesn't even care? Because there are people that don't really give a rip of what I'm saying right now. Yet the father gave his son for everyone. I have a good, I believe a great relationship with my kids and grandkids. I was in Colorado a while ago, quite a while ago, and my daughter and I were messing around and so she ran over and she sat on my lap and she said to her oldest daughter, Bonnie, and said, said, Bonnie, this is my daddy. And Bonnie looked, ran over, and tried to push her off my lap to get on my lap. See, that's the reality. I have a relationship with my daughter. And I have an amazing son who stood up here leading you in worship. It's great being a father, and it's great loving your son and your daughter. But Father God gave his son. I love my dad. He taught me sports, hunting, camping. We played ice hockey. In my memory, this is really strange. I know your pastor's strange, but in my memory, probably my greatest time with my father was when it was about 100 degrees outside in the summer, and we were on top of the roof for three days, re roofing our house. And my father, and, you know, just always said, drink water, drink water, but taking care of us, my brother and I. But the reality, we laughed and laughed and laughed. And I still remember that. There are days I'll be driving down the road and just be thinking about that relationship with my father. It broke me at a young age when my father got sick and died at the age of 43. I remember uh, a while ago, I was was here at the church on staff, and and when Ryan had gone to church camp, and I got a call that he was badly injured on his shin, and there was just a big gouge in his leg. I wasn't there. They called me and asked me, well, what do you want to do? Because it's my son, you know, I'm the father. What do you want to do? Do you want me to take him to the hospital or do you want me to bring him home so you could take him to the hospital? And so, you know, being the type of person, type A personality, I said, "We'll put Ryan on the phone. I said, Ryan, um, what, what, what's going on? And, you know, he's a little crying, he was younger, and he's saying, Dad, it really hurts. And so I said, well, put the gentleman back on the phone. I said, I will trust your opinion. Do you, want, do you think he needs to go to the hospital? He goes, well, I think he could go home and then go see a doctor. I said, okay, well, we do that. And so, so for about two hours or so, they were driving home, and, um, you know, that was way before, you know, cell phone. And um, so they would be driving home, and I was just wondering how he was doing. So a little over two hours, there I was in pain in my thinking that my son was really hurting, and I made a decision that caused him to drive for a little over two hours for him to hurt instead of going straight to the hospital. I can't imagine how hard it must have been for the, the father, Father God, to watch his son suffer like he did before and on the cross. Here's the second thing about the son. He was killed. Our explanation, explanation most of the time is that Jesus died on the cross and he did die. I mean, let's just say that. He did die but the Bible uses this word more than you think, that he was killed for our sins. He was killed for somebody else. Now think of that in a relationships you have in family. Matthew 16, verse 21 says, From that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Three times, as a matter of fact, in the Bible, Jesus told them that he was going to be killed. What's amazing is they never got it, it didn't clue in. And you know, a lot of times I'm thinking, is why didn't they say, don't go? I know, I know Peter said, you know, Give me my sword, I'll chop their heads off, not just their ears. But my point is, we celebrate Easter, but some really don't get it. He was killed for your and my sins. He was killed. (laughs) After the service today, I'm running home and I'm throwing a prime rib in the oven and helping get, you know, a big meal for, I believe it's 14 people that are coming over to our house uh, this afternoon. And that's just a blessing about Easter, that we get to fellowship as family, we get to gather together and, and have a lot of fun, play games, uh, Easter egg hunt, you know, for the kids, and, and then uh, have a cake and just all kinds of stuff that we're going to do But let me give you another thought. Why did Jesus have to be killed? Why did he have to suffer so much? There's a reason, church family, why he was killed. There's a reason. And it's a word found in scripture, it's called propitiation. In 1 John chapter two, verse two, it says this. And he himself, is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world, for everybody. There's not one person that was excluded for this. First John 4, 10. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Some of you are looking at me and and thinking, what in the world kind of word is that? So let me give you another word to explain propitiation. The word is expiation. Expiation looks at sin from the sinner's perspective. Expiation means that our sins are covered, are cleansed, and are expelled or removed. See, the plan of God of giving Jesus was to expel the sins that rightly we could be judged for. We are thankful that our sins are covered and removed by the blood of Jesus. But let me show you now propitiation. It looks at sin from God's standpoint. Remember, God is holy and God is a just God. Propitiation means this God's wrath has been completely satisfied, and that justice has been completely served. A spouse. I'm gonna give you an analogy that is close to my heart. A spouse of a person who was on my staff was murdered in North Carolina. They caught the person and we went through a trial and the person was sentenced to life in prison without parole. A person during this time frame was so brokenhearted about the whole situation. They told me that they wished they could take the punishment so that everything could change. Let me tell you, for someone else who was innocent taking the punishment of someone who was guilty, would that satisfy your anger? No. We're talking about propitiation. Was talking about seeing things the way God sees it. Another question is would that serve justice by the innocent being charged for the guilty? The answer is no, because the guilty party was not punished. But what if the person on trial was found not the person who was killed? And they they were found innocent. The DNA didn't match. Video and witnesses uh, that showed that they were somewhere else. And another person was brought in, and they had video of him actually doing the murder. The DNA matched. Everything matched. No doubt that he did it. Would that appease your anger? That he, the guilty one, was punished? Yeah, it would because I worked with the children and worked with the family. You would know that justice was served because the person that was guilty was convicted. But I want you to understand this. Yes, Jesus took our punishment. Yes, we who sinned were pardoned even though we were guilty. Jesus just didn't take our punishment. I want you to understand this, and this this has got to rock your world today. But he took our sin. Most of your uh, musicals and Easter productions are talking about the punishment, but doesn't talk about the guilty in most cases. See, otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have been killed for our sin because God would have killed an innocent man. Now, now follow this. We sinned, but Jesus was killed. Justice would never have been served, catch this, our sin, your sin, my sin, was put on Jesus so that he became guilty. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Remember, we're talking about Father God punishing the Son. The reason that God's wrath is completely satisfied and justice has completely been served is because the father removed sin from you and put it on his son and punished his son for your sin. He saved us, the son, from the wrath that should have been served. In Thessalonians, the first Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 10, when he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. When he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. So the son was given from the father, the son was killed. But here's the third, hallelujah, he was raised. He was raised. The son was raised from the dead. John 21 says, this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. See, there's proof of that. Well, you know, it's just what scripture says. Acts 5.30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on the tree. Jesus was on the earth for 40 days after the resurrection, and he met so many people. The Bible tells us he was seen by 500 people. Now, if you're a lawyer in here, you understand if 500 people saw it, you usually, you find truth. There are historical books, documents, not just the Bible of the day that record the resurrection. The good news, though, is he was raised. The great news is we can be raised from the dead with him because that's what sin did. It caused death. Death no longer has power over you and me. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power or his same power. 1 Corinthians 15 says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That means with a resurrected body like Jesus has now. Did you know that Jesus is the only one in heaven that has scars? He's still in his his body, but he's in the resurrected body. And one day we will have that. 2 Corinthians 4, 14 says, "Knowing knowing that he who raised up the Lord, Jesus, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Church family, that's good news. We're not perfect people. <laughs> That's why Jesus brought us to God. It's called grace. It's called grace. Jesus, a son, was buried, and three days later, he came back from the dead. Wow. As we read Scripture, it was proven. But I have a problem just like you have a problem. One day, I will die physically if the Lord tarries. If there is a way to be resurrected, (laughs) I want in on that. Don't you? This is how simple God made it. This is how simple it is. Romans 9 and 10 says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be sentenced eternally with God. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. See, the father gave his son because he loves us. Stop listening to the junk that the father's a mean one. Stop teaching your children, watch out, God will see it. He'll take care of you. God already saw it. He already saw your pain. He already saw your sickness. He already saw your sin, past, present, and future. And justice was served because he laid all that on Jesus the Christ. He came and was born, was divinely human, and served God on this earth without sin. Tempted in all cases, yet without sin. When both Jill and Ryan were born, I used to do this, I did it with my grandchildren, and if anyone visits our home, and they're bringing a young child or a baby, I usually take a walk with them or I carry them because they're that young. I would always say to them, I would never let anyone hurt you, especially to put a spike through your tiny wrists and feet. But God, the Father, who's a father who loved his son, eternity past, handed his son to those men who put spikes in him, who crucified him. Why? So you and I can be resurrected from the dead and live with him for all eternity. God the Father God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is love. That's who they are. They did it all so they could spend eternity with you. God wants that relationship with you. He wants that fellowship forever, forever. Because he's love. I deserved what Jesus got. But the father loved the son. And now, because I am born again, I am adopted into the family, the kingdom of God. And now we are sons and daughters of the most high. Think about the relationship that you have with your own family. But Let me close with this. Think about the relationship that God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had and have. It's greater than you could ever dream. And that's the step of healing For every one of us, not just knowing the power of God, but the ways of God, the character of God, who he is, loving. You have heard countless statements of God that's literally wrong, absolutely wrong. Today, this morning, I was here at quarter after six, and I was praying for you. And I got a message from a buddy of mine in Florida. And he sent me a link, and it was a link of, and I guess it's on the news, that this rabbi is now saying, you know, if Jesus was here uh, today, we should think about killing the Father because he's so mean. Think about through history of mankind of all the things that the father did. Egypt, the Egyptians, how he destroyed uh, parts of Israel because they rejected and rebelled. And they, they, they kept going and going and going, and I just thought to myself, oh, my Lord. The educational system, and I'm not talking about you school teachers, the educational system, system of our world is trying to lie to you and tell you that the Father is mean and Jesus is the only good one, and they can let that go because Jesus died, and we're not sure if he really raised again, but I'm telling you, church family, the Father and the Son loved one another. And God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are the only ones that are good, no one else. And because the Father loved us, because he is love, he gave the Son. And the Son, even at one time, said, Father, this cup can pass by me. Let's do it another way. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And if you wanted to really write it, you would would just say it this way. Because, Daddy, I love you. And I know you love me, and you wouldn't do anything wrong to me. And then they looked, because it was the prophetic word that Jesus gave in the garden after the sin of Adam and Eve. He pointed at the enemy, and he pointed at Adam and Eve. And he said, one day I'm going to come back. And I'm going to pay for this sin. And devil, I'm going to kick your butt. I'm being plain with you. I'm going to smash your head. Because you have no leadership over my people. My now brothers and sisters. And guess what? A little over 2,000 years ago, (laughs) he did it. He did it. That's why we sang, it is finished. And that's what we're teaching our children here at Valley Community. There's victory in Jesus. Shall we all stand? It was God's plan, and God's plan has been completed. And one day, you and I... Um are going to go to be with him eternally. So the way I see it, I'm eternally now with him. Amen. And the simple plan is this. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. All that are watching online, if you never attended church and a friend sent this to you, I want you to realize God the Father gave His Son for you. And today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's what you do. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is risen. And one day, when He returns, we all will be together that have confessed Him as Lord. Let's just close our eyes and just give a moment for anyone here, That if you want to do that, just say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you and I receive you today. Father, I thank you for many that have received this and because now this will be out all around the world for the many, 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 many that receive Jesus Christ, not only today, but tomorrow, next year, next decade. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing and a revelation of the Christ. Lord, let this message sink deep in those that have known you for for many years. This is the reason why we celebrate Easter. Father, you know, I love bunnies. I love rabbits. I love all the different things in celebration. Love the candy in those eggs. But Father, first and foremost, I celebrate a risen son, your son, that you gave us. Thank you, Lord, for freedom in life that we can serve and accomplish the purposes of God in our life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's applaud the Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you. I would just love for you to eat everything you want today. Have a great day with family and friends.